Hey folks, this podcast goes beyond the saddle as we explore professional careers across the equine industry. I'm your host, Katie Kleinbell. Let's tack up and head out. Captain Lisa Rakes joined the Lexington Police Department in 1990 and served as a patrol officer, mounted police officer and instructor, defensive tactics instructor, recruiter, field training officer, honor guard officer, and a member of the emergency response team. Captain Rakes was a member of the Lexington Mounted Police Unit from 1996 until 2013 when she retired to join the Kentucky Horse Park Police. Captain Rakes now leads the Kentucky Horse Park Police, who consists of 10 sworn officers and four civilian staff members. Captain Rakes has attended and completed numerous clinics and schools in the United States, Canada, and London, England, to not only improve her equitation and obstacle skills, but to build a better relationship with her horse. She has been a guest instructor and competed in numerous mounted police competitions and events, and Captain Rakes also serves as an instructor for the sensory training clinics for civilians and sworn personnel at the Kentucky Horse Park. Lisa, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. We are so much looking forward to getting to know you and mounted police work. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, let's start at the beginning. That seems like the best place to start. So can you give us a synopsis of what your job is? Sure. We have a police department at the Kentucky Horse Park, and we we actually have a mounted police department, and we oversee the security of the park, its visitors, uh, the horses that are on the park, and we do this 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And we have not only park-owned horses, but we have competitive horses uh, and horses that are in rental leased buildings on the park uh, that also help with the security on. And not only do we do that, but we do traffic control and enforcement for large events that we have. We have events that are not just uh, horse-related events. We'll have wrestling and cross-country, high school-type championships. We have rodeos, truck pulls, uh, weddings, um, any anything you can think of that a venue could host will probably have hosted, home and garden shows and things like that. So we'll do the traffic control in and out for that. We try to do that on horseback as well. We also have pretty good fire and security alarm systems here at the horse park that we oversee and monitor. We're also first responders in any emergency crisis situation for a park guest and any of our rental facilities. We have a, we also have a school program on the park that would have anywhere from 60 to 80 school kids from Fayette County that are bussed out here that we have to be first responders for and conduct lockdowns on. We also do investigate criminal and non-criminal complaints, take reports, that sort of thing. And really one of the most things I'm probably most proud of is community policing. Uh, really, I don't, I think we do it the best. There's no better way to promote and maintain a, you know, a good positive public image than to do it on horseback because we're, we're right out in the public. We're face-to-face with people, and, uh, you know, we can look them right in the eye and have a good, nice conversation. Absolutely. Can you explain a little bit more about what you mean by community policing for people who might not be familiar with that term? It can mean a lot of different things and maybe even to different communities. 
but basically it means getting out into your community and getting to know your community and 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 making a connection with the citizens. And it's hard to do sometimes when you're you're busy on a call and you're in a cruiser and you're just going from one call to one call. You don't get to get out and actually get to know the community you're policing. Uh, so for us, it's so nice because we're like a small town here at the horse park. We have our own own maintenance department, our own little post office. You know, we got our food service. Um, and we get to know not only the employees on a first-hand basis, but we get the show managers. They come back every year, and those same show managers may have two or three events each year. So we get to know those guys on a on a first-name basis. And then the people that come here to compete, they come back every year. They come back two or three times a year. So we start seeing a lot of the same. And the same thing with our park guests. They're They're out walking the park grounds, enjoying the sights, and we can walk up right in the midst of everybody and start talking to them from horseback. And and so many people, it opens up, the horse opens up such a, a good line of communication because everybody sort of has a story to tell about something that's happened to them with a horse. And we're able to then open up a conversation and, and talk to each other. Whereas if you were in a cruiser and you're you're going down the road, you see somebody somebody walking, you're not you're really not going to stop uh, because either you're busy or your wind is up. You're just not going to have that sort of interaction. And and we do and we have it. I think we do it the best here at the horse park. Absolutely. Well, the horse park sounds very inclusive. Like there's so many things that happen there. I, you know, I didn't even think about all the other events. Like that's really cool. Can you tell us more about the Kentucky Horse Park? I sure can. The horse park is a 1,200-acre uh, working horse farm. It And not only is it a working horse farm, it's what we would call an equine theme park and an internationally renowned uh, equine competitive facility. It was founded in 1978. It's park-owned, but it is operated by the state of Kentucky, and it attracts around 800,000 visitors from around the world each wow. year. Not only is is it a competition facility and a tourist attraction, but it is also home to the what we call the National Horse Center. And the National Horse Center is made up of approximately 30 equine associations that represent various breeds and sport horse disciplines. So their their office offices are located at the horse park. So we have folks that come in just to go to some of these breed organizations to register or pay their dues and things like that. Each year, we probably host around 100 different equine uh, events where competitors can, you know, ride in our world-class facilities. We have world-class footing and, and arenas at the horse park that we're very, very proud of how we maintain. Um, and as I said earlier, we also host weddings and conferences and trade shows. And one of the other amenities that we have, which is which is really big, is a 260-site campground. And our campground has, you know, full amenities with water, electric, and we also have a primitive. But the cool thing about that is the horse show folks that want to come here and compete or even a visitor. You can bring your camper down and stay a week. Uh, you know, stay for a day and enjoy not just the horse park, but also have a place to stay while you're here, have a place to live. That sounds just about like horse heaven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, we hear that a lot, actually. <laughs> I'm going to have to visit. I've never been. I, you know, I've seen lots of pictures. I've heard lots of people tell wonderful stories about being there and the events there. And, and I have to go. I think it's decided. Yes. Well, <laughs> let's get past 2020. Let's wait to 2021. Cause yes. 2020 has just kind of knocked us all on our butts here. Yeah. Has it been pretty quiet out there? I mean, have all the events canceled? There have been a lot of events that have canceled because of the, the COVID. There's been some events that has tried to run on a small scale, uh, and they've done a, and you know, it's, it's went well, but, uh, just with the numbers sort of upticking, we're getting more and more events that are, that are being canceled. So, and it's really sad because we're used to this time a year to having really 1800 or so competitive horses on the park. On the show side, and uh, you know we right now today we have zero competitive horses on the park. So now our park is still open for tourists, mm -hmm. uh, but the comp competition side is being canceled on some of the events. Sure. Well, let's. We're all fingers crossed. We're praying hard that we're going to come through this and back back to normal, back to whatever the new normal is, and onward and upward in 2021. Exactly. Yep. Well, let's circle back a little bit. Um, you touched on the advantages of patrolling on horseback, um, being level with people and definitely having that sense of community. Uh, but I wondered if there was more that you wanted to talk about, just how great these horses are and how much they help you in your role. Sure. I'll elaborate just a little bit more. The The cool thing about patrolling from horseback is that you move at, at such a slower pace than if you're in a car or even on a bicycle. And this slower pace allows the officer to not only interact with public, but to see and hear things that you just wouldn't ordinarily be able to do if you're in a car with your windows up, or even if your windows are cracked, you probably got the radio on and stuff like that. Um, the horse is able to maneuver into tight spaces, go between cars if you're in a parking lot, can go between buildings. And, you know, as far as crowds of people, they can move among those crowds of people and see over top of them. For the horse park, we like to do a lot of our security checks. Uh, we direct traffic in and out. We take reports. We can write citations. Uh, we have saddlebags. We do all that. We try to do as much as we can from the horse, not just because we're the horse park, but, but because our officers absolutely love riding the horses and being with the horses. Who doesn't, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, the police horses are good. And, you know, we talk about crowd control, but a lot of your major cities will have a mounted police department. And that is because the police horses are good for, for crowd control. When you're uh, in the crowd and you're a foot officer, you sort of blend in. It, and, the, and the bad guys, the uh, rioters or the protesters uh, or, or whoever may be not doing what they should be doing in the crowd, they can sort of hide and blend in. And it's hard for that foot officer uh, who's on the same level as them to, to really be able to see into the crowd. But when you're on a horse, you're you're much taller. You're you're taller than the crowd. And it's it's sort of like you're you're standing on a ladder. Uh, and so you can then see into the crowd. You can pick out those hot spots. Uh, or see what if a fight's breaking out or what may occur. But not only that, the crowd can also see you. So that's a big deterrent. When the crowd, and if you're in the middle of the crowd and you're looking around and all you see is just a sea of your friends or a sea of your fellow people, 
you know, and, and you don't see a police presence. But when you're on the horse and you're in the middle of uh, that crowd, they can see that horse. They can see that officer, rather, because that officer is going to be about nine foot tall when they're they're on a horse. So that and people tend to mind their P's and Q's just a little bit better because of that. It, it just really helps to stop a problem before it it even happens. So, and not only that, but then when it comes time to maybe disperse the crowd, the the crowd can see the mounted officer giving them commands. So they might not can hear the commands because you're in a crowd. The crowds can be loud, that sort of thing. But because it, it doesn't do any good for the people in the front line of that crowd to see the officer because then if the officer's telling them to move back, they have nowhere to go because the crowd behind them is pressing them. Sure. But if the people in the back can see the officer visually giving them commands to move back, then they can start moving back and give way for the folks up front to also be able to move. So that's the, that's the pretty cool thing about being used for crowd control. A lot of people think, oh, you know, the horses are going to just run the people over. But that's not really what, that's not the goal at all. That's not even what we train for. We don't want anybody to get hurt. But the nine-foot officer, which is what he would be on a police horse, the advantage is that the people in the crowd can see the officer, and the officer can then also see into the crowd and and, uh, spot any trouble spots. Sure. Well, you make it sound awfully appealing. <laughs> for anyone who yeah, it be, is a pretty cool job. Yeah. For anyone who might be interested in, you know, becoming certified and, and joining and being a mounted police officer, can you talk just a little bit about what that process is like? Yep. Uh, most police agencies will require you to be hired before they send you to a police academy. So every officer in the state of Kentucky, and it, it's this way across the country, um, you will have to go to the police academy. Most departments aren't going to just, you know, you, you have to be hired in order to, because we get this, these questions a lot. They're like, well, I want to be a mounted police officer, but I don't want to go to the police academy. Well, no, if you want to be a certified police officer with full certification powers, then you, you have to attend a, a police academy. And those will range anywhere from six to nine, ten months long at a minimum, just to get your schooling in. And then after that, you also have to ride with a field training officer and, and go through more training uh, before you would then be let loose uh, to to patrol on your own. So first step is you have to get hired, go through the academy, and then you just got to do your time on the streets. Uh, and you really should. A lot of people want to say, well, no, I just want to ride a horse. But no, you, you need to get into this job because you want to be the police. You know, you can go and do other things as far as riding a horse. But if you want to be a mounted police officer, you really need to get into this job because of your sense of community and because you want to be the police, not just because you want to ride a horse. And then do your time on the street. Get your patrol time in. Get that ingrained so you know how to do that type of work. Uh, and most departments will require you to be on the street anywhere from three to five years or longer before you can move to any specialized unit. And horse patrol would be considered a specialized unit along with your canine, your detective bureau, your SWAT team. Those sort of things are all what we would call specialized units. Uh, But they want you to get your skills, you know, get your good community, get your good policing skills. Uh, learn. You need to learn that 
before you move into a specialized unit because once you're in those specialized units, you don't encounter some of the things that you would normally do on the street anymore. So that's why you want to learn it so you know how to do it. Sure. But then once you're in the, so say you made it to the Mounted Police Unit, and once you're there, most Mounted Police Departments will have an in-house trainer. So now you've already learned your police skills. You know that. Now you have to learn how to ride a horse. Most police officers, just the way society is now, they have no horse experience. Most people don't grow up on a farm now. Like it used to be back in the old days, everybody had a farm experience or horse experience because that was just the way of life. Mm-hmm. The way it has society has evolved. Horses are not, everybody don't have access to horses or farms anymore. So the in-house trainer will then have to spend anywhere from six to 12 weeks or longer on teaching the officer how to be proficient in their riding skills. And some of that will fall back on the athletic ability of the officer uh, and how much time can be dedicated to to, to that training. The training would include your basic dressage, your obstacle work, horsemanship skills, tactics. What works best is normally you do that five days a week and you, you train, you know, you, you work an eight-hour day and you're, you're training that whole day. Now, you can't necessarily ride eight hours a day, uh, but you're doing training for that, that whole that day. Wow. Um, now, once you have completed your in-house training, and you've been deemed proficient to ride a horse, there's also opportunities that you can attend various schools and services that's held across the country to kind of to sort of hone your skill. And what I tell everybody is, you know, training never stops. It's ongoing. Even if you don't have somebody standing over you, you yourself should continue your own personal training with that horse. Training should never stop. You know, and, and training for the horse can last anywhere up to six months or longer. It just depends on, you know, the level of the horse, how the horse is, what kind of experiences he's had. Uh, so it's not like a definite time frame. It's just very subjective. It's not like a machine. You know, they, they, they're just, their personalities are different. Just, just, just like people. Right. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure that you've encountered some horses that, you know, were made for this, you know, they're just perfect and others that maybe this isn't a great match for them. Yep. No, we, we definitely have. Well, you, you busted a myth earlier about a lot of people think that officers ride horses so that they can kind of push a crowd and be on top of them. But I know there's probably other myths out there about mounted police work. Can you bust some of those? Uh, Yeah. Well, I'm not for sure about you know, you know, what kind of myths uh, would be out there. But what we actually strive to do is try to just find a good balance between using the horse for actual police work and then being an ambassador to our community. So we want to put our best foot forward in everything we do. And we want the our community here at the horse park to have a, a really nice experience. Uh, and at the same time, we want to provide the security and and all the other functions that the police do for the community. We want them to come up and interact with us, and we use our horse as a way to start the conversation. Mm-hmm. Because a complete stranger, you know, they're just, they're not going to do that. 
you know, how many people walk up to an officer and ask to pet his cruiser? You know, you just don't, you just don't have that. Uh, but most people, and as a matter of fact, most people will see an officer, you know, whatever on the side of the street or coming out of the supermarket, and they're just going to avoid them. They'll, they won't look at them. They'll walk around them, walk past them. And, and I've been there. I've, you know, I've been part of that. Uh, but the horse is just like a magnet. It attracts the folks to you. And they just, like I talked earlier with community policing, they just want to relive the past or tell their stories mm-hmm. or just pet the horse. So many people have never touched a horse. And uh, to, to see um, the expression on their faces, especially young kids, uh, when they pet your horse, it's, it's pretty cool. Oh, I love that. I can just picture all that because I've seen it too. And it is, it's heartwarming. It's really, it's really something genuine. Yeah, it really is. It, there's just uh, no, no better feeling, you know, let my horse meet people um, and give them kisses and hugs, uh, you know, especially the kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, can you talk about the state of mounted police units, um, either locally in your area or across the country? You know, are times changing? Are we seeing more or less or, you know, kind of what's that situation look like? Um, it's sad to say that many departments are making cuts because of budgetary reasons and COVID's not helping anything. Sure. Um, but the horse patrol is always one of those uh, any of those specialized units are going to be always on the chopping block. And what we've seen a lot is a department or government will downsize or get rid of the horse patrol unit, you know, because of budgetary reasons, but then try to bring it back two or three years later after they have already gotten rid of the horses, the officers have been transferred and things like that because they realize it's value. The community wants it back sure. um, and that sort of thing. But a lot of the officers, when they go into the horse patrol unit, they love that job so much, they stay. They don't, and they end up retiring out of there. So then when the budget cuts happen and the horse patrol units are, um, you know, are cut, a lot of the officers will retire. They'll retire the horses uh, or move them, sell them or do whatever. And so then it'd be like you're starting from scratch again. Same thing with the equipment. They'll get rid of all the equipment. So then now if they start back up two, three years later, they're going, it just takes time to create the skill level needed in the officers or horses to do the job and to get all the equipment back. Yeah, I bet. So it, yeah. And, and you know, the other thing is the officers in the mounted patrol units, they love their job. They fall in love with their assigned horses and they develop a, such a bond with the horse that it doesn't become a job to them anymore. They they just they want to come to work and and take their horse out and let the community enjoy it. And it's it's hard when they they make those budget cuts. Absolutely. Well, in a time like this, like 2020 is such a good time for those feel good moments, right? To see police officers loving their jobs, see the community loving their police officers. Um, do you want to make any comments about kind of the social climate and everything that is happening currently? You know, obviously there's protests going on in cities all across the country and, you know, they're using the mounted patrol units to help with a lot of the protests. The horses are being, you know, they're faced with a lot of challenges that are associated with these protests. And some of the protests are, they're all different. You know, they bring different challenges depending on where they are. A lot of them have, you know, they're throwing Bottles, chairs, fences, fireworks are being shot, 
shot at them. So, you know, it's it's really sad that we as a, a society have resorted to this. But, you know, we can always look at this as a learning experience, time to reevaluate, you know, ourselves, our community, the department, you know, our training policies and procedures, you know, make this a time to, to grow stronger together. Um, that's sort of the outlook I'm, I'm taking with it. This too will pass and we'll come out the other end stronger for it. Absolutely. I, I love that. That's a, a great way to look at it. And uh, everybody's sort of watching with bated breath, you know, to kind of see what, you know, what's next. And uh, just know that there's a lot of us who, who love what you guys do, especially you mounted police officers. So thank you for your work. And, and we're, we're thinking about you and your horses. Uh, thank you. And, and, you know, we know that the community is behind us. So we'll get through it. Absolutely. Well, let's talk more about you and kind of how you got to where you are. So what, what was your journey? How did you end up, you know, here with the Kentucky Horse Park? Well, I grew up on a farm, had the, the farm life uh, behind me. Uh, I went to college and I was the first in my family to go. And I really appreciate the fact that I was able to get one of those Pell Grants because otherwise <laughs> I would not have been able to go. But you know, I didn't, there was a couple of things that interested me as far as getting my degree in. And um, I ended up graduating with a degree in criminal justice and a minor in military science. So after I graduated, I also joined the Kentucky National Guard. So it was my country a little bit there. After graduation, I also applied to the Lexington, Kentucky Police Department and was accepted to attend their academy. After I graduated from the academy, I was able to perform my police duties for the city of Lexington. I retired from the city of Lexington after 27 years of service and accepted a job at the Kentucky Horse Park uh, in 2013 and uh, am currently working as the chief law enforcement officer for the Kentucky Horse Park. I have a team of 10 uh, sworn officers and four civilian personnel. Uh, and as far as, you know, how did I get sort of into the horse thing, I I grew up on a dairy and tobacco farm, so outdoors has always been part of my life. Horses has been in my life as long as I can remember. My dad would ride and work horses on the farm, plow, pull, that sort of thing. Uh, my mom always rode horses, so horses has just always been part of me. And the other thing that's just been part of me that was so appealing is just outdoors. I love being outside. I couldn't imagine having an office job nine to five every day. Uh, so, you know, I like to get my office paperwork done and then I get outside on my horse, uh, so I can, I can just enjoy the outdoors. <laughs> Absolutely. Was, uh, was this sort of like a passion project for you? I mean, were you, once you retired, I mean, 27 years of service, thank you. That's, that's a ton. Um, so once you kind of saw that, that chapter was ready to close and was it your heart that really pulled you in and said, Hey, I want to, I want to be a bigger part of the Kentucky horse park and be part of that. Yep, it was just an opportunity. I would I would not have retired, to be honest with you. I would have kept on working with Lexington. I love that police department, so I have so many memories there. But the opportunity uh, came up for this job at the horse park, and it was just a great time for it all to match. I knew the opportunity for the chief law enforcement officer at the horse park would not come again for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it actually opened up right as I was looking at retiring anyway, and it was just a perfect timing scenario to do that. I just, I, I'm not ready to retire and, and you know, sit at home. Uh, that's just not my, 
mentality, I, I, I would probably go stir crazy. So, uh, <laughs> completely retiring was out of the question. So, it sounds like it was meant to be. <laughs> yep. Where else to work, right? Uh, then the horse park. Yeah, horse heaven. <laughs> It sounds like you're a pretty decorated competitor, uh, you know, both as a as an officer and as an equestrian. So, can you tell us about some of the competitions and the conferences that you participate in? I'm wondering how did you hear all this? <laughs> but uh, I competed. But I'll I'll talk a little bit first about some of the competitions we do at the horse park, mounted police wise. We host an annual event at the Kentucky Horse Park in conjunction with Lexington Police Department uh, called the National Mounted Police Colloquium. And this year would have been our 36th annual event, but we had to cancel it. We're very, very sad because of because of COVID. But that event, we w- normally, we cut it off at 100 officers. So we usually have right around 100 mounted police officers from all over the country uh, come to the horse park to train and compete. And it's it actually brings together people and horses from all over to learn new techniques, share ideas, train their horses. You learn, and not only do you learn, but you sharpen your equitation, jumping, your crowd control, sensory skills. You know, we train on pretty much anything that we would encounter on a on a daily patrol. And, and we want our horses and our officers to be up to date on any new ways of doing things. So that's, we bring in different instructors. And it's a way to share ideas and talk to old friends because people come every year. We have the same people that, that come, and we also have new people. But you get to reconnect that one time a year with other mounted police officers, and uh, and it's it's a pretty cool thing. We've had some folks come that's been coming every year we've had it, <laughs> so that's, that's really cool. Um, and the other thing about it is we also offer a civilian portion to that. We have civilians in our local community, and we also have civilians that come from out of state that we also do sort of a mini version of the same skills and sensory items. It's just toned down. So, you know, for the for the police, we may incorporate uh, shooting drills, firearm-type drills, you know, really having crowd control training to where things may be thrown at your horse, that sort of thing. But for the civilian portion, you know, we're going to, Probably not do that. <laughs> you know, we, we're going to work more on, uh, you know, how can you get your horse used to walking past a scary object or how can I desensitize my horse to certain things and, and how can I ride a horse that maybe is being spooky. So that, that's sort of what we would focus a little bit more on with the, with the civilians. But we also have hosted and, um, competed and trained in another competition that I, that I really like. It's the North American Police Equestrian Competition. We've hosted that and we traveled, uh, especially when I was with Lexington, we would travel and compete in that. And again, it's just it's just a way to showcase your skills, bring everybody together, uh, kind of rate yourself, how you compare against other departments, because, you know, we want to always improve. It's not just about winning a trophy. Uh, it's about getting better uh, is, is the way I look at it. So I, I don't compete really much anymore, but uh, when I was competing, you know, I'm not a spring chicken <laughs> like, I, like I used to be. But when I was competing, I, I won 11 National Mounted Police Championships. In 2009, I became the first officer in the history of the North American Police Equestrian Championship to win both the obstacle and equitation event. 
Matter of fact, that same year, my Lexington unit made history by winning every event that they had that year. The wow. uniform, the station, the team event. Yeah, it, it was really, it's pretty cool. I think in 12 years of competing, I have earned 37 equestrian awards. But outside of the horse world, I've also competed in many different physical fitness categories. Uh, I got 10 gold medals at the Texas World Police Games, and I traveled to Australia for the World Police and Fire Games and won seven wow. medals. Yeah, I just like being active. Uh, I've competed in road races, triathlons, mountain bike races, swimming, shooting, obstacle courses, you know, just, I just like being outside. I like doing functionally fit things so that, you know, I, I know one day I'm going to become old, but I don't really ever want to get old <laughs> but uh, you know like I said my days of competing kind of slowed with family and kids especially um, but I still I compete with myself I strive to be better you know to better myself on a daily basis and even though I don't travel I still want to push myself you know I want to get just a little bit faster or I want to be able to sit that trot just a little bit better uh, sort of thing so you don't have to you don't have to travel around to compete. You can just uh, try to, to get yourself better, get your horse better, or outside of the equestrian skills, just, you know, hey, I can walk that mile just a little bit faster. You know, or I can do one more push-up today than I did yesterday. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. And that is a perfect segue into our advice section. Uh, but my favorite question to ask is, if you could turn back time and talk to your freshman college self, what would you say? I have lots of people ask me those sort of things. I, I wouldn't change a thing with how my experiences have been. I've learned something from every step of my journey. And as far as anybody that's aspiring to become a mounted police officer, whether it's on a volunteer basis, part-time or professional, you know, my advice would be attend college or join a military, you know, get some really good life experiences under your belt. And then after you graduate or or, or uh, do some military time, look for a department, you know, that's higher near the city you'd want to you want to live in, um, and and hope and you know and apply and hopefully you'll you'll get picked. Make yourself strong both mentally and physically. You know, your brain is so important, and exercising exercising it as well as your body. Police work isn't about physical. It's not all physical. It's how you talk to people. Uh, so that's why you need to hone not just your physical skills, but, you know, use your brain, use your thinking and listening skills to to interact and, 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 and reach out uh, with people. You know, enroll yourself into classes like that that, you know, Mike can give you an edge. Um, if you already know how to ride horses, you may already have a leg up on being able to get into a mounted police unit because... As I said earlier, most police officers, they don't have those sort of experiences. Uh, so you may have a leg up on that. Um, but, you know, regardless, stay fit, continue to develop those skills. And the more athletic and physically fit you you are, the better you're going to be able to, to ride a horse. Absolutely. That's great advice. Definitely. And, and something I think people overlook, right, <laughs> or, or forget about, you know, when they encounter an officer. Yeah. Well, let's talk more about horses. That's what we want to talk about anyway, <laughs> always. <laughs> Tell us about your horses. Uh, all of my horses are draft crosses. I have eight of the draft crosses. And what we found is that 
the sturdier draft crosses are physically and mentally more capable of handling police work. We, when I first started policing uh, from horseback, we didn't have the draft crosses. They were just sort of, you know, not not around. Uh, so Kentucky being thoroughbred country, we relied a lot on the thoroughbreds because uh, they were easy to get uh, in our community. And there are a lot of thoroughbreds that are really good horses. I don't want to slight them whatsoever. The problem with the thoroughbreds is our society don't know as much about horses as they used to. So you have to have somebody that can ride those thoroughbreds. The thoroughbreds have more go than mm-hmm. woe, and they're just more athletic. So you have to have a good rider to, to ride those guys. Um, what we found with the draft crosses is they're, they're bigger bones. They're, they're also actually more durable to handle the weight of the police officers. So we want them. We want them big bone to handle the weight, durable, but also a little bit of athletic. So that's why we take like a draft, say a Belgian, and then we cross it with say a thoroughbred. So you have the big bone to it, but you also have a little athleticism. Uh, most police officers, you're going to have more male than female, and they're not, you know, they're not small. Most male officers are going to be, you know, probably 180 pounds. Uh, or more, and then you add in the gear, the gun belts, the saddle, the saddlebags that you have to carry with your tickets and things like that. You know, that can add up to a lot of weight on a horse. And what we found with the thoroughbreds uh, are the lighter breed horses, I should say. I take it thoroughbreds, but it could be an Arab or any of the lighter horses, is that the all that weight on them five days a week for four to six hours of riding each day is just, you know, with a heavy officer, it, it's hard on them. Um, so we like our horses to be at least 16 hands high. It seems to be a good height to be able to do the police work. And then that makes us around nine foot tall, you know, to, to see over cars in the parking lot over the crowd. The other cool thing about the draft crosses is they're also mentally a little safer for the inexperienced officer. So, again, if you've got an experienced rider, they will be able to handle a lighter breed or quicker response horse than your draft cross. Uh, the draft crosses usually have more wool than go, which is for police work really what we want. We may have to go stand on a corner and watch the community for an hour or interact with a school group for an hour or direct traffic in the middle of an intersection, you know, for an hour. And we want that horse to just sort of grow roots and plant himself there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want a horse to be, you know, fidgety and ready to, that they have to move their feet, ready to go. We, we just want them to just kind of be quiet. Uh, we like that nimbleness of them again um, so that, you know, if we do have to get up and go, we can mm-hmm. uh, do it. They all, you know, that we also want them to possess a good, you know, a kind disposition, friendly. We like the horse that's going to be curious in character. The more curious they are, generally, the less spooky they're going to be. As I said, we got eight horses. They range anywhere from five to eighteen years of age. We have a Shire cross, Belgian cross, Percheron spotted draft. Uh, we got a Gypsy Vanner and American drum horse, and we all ride in English tack. Normally, police departments on uh, east of the Mississippi, you know, the east coast, they normally ride English tack. And then if you go out west, mm-hmm. uh, most of the 
guys are going to be in Western Texas. That's a good distinction. Sounds like you've got a beautiful herd. <laughs> I mean, they sound like they're also different, you know, which is so fun too. Yes. Yep. We got a variety and that's why, you know, and I, I like that because we are the Kentucky Horse Park. So we have people come here and show and want to see all different variety and disciplines of horses. So I feel like we have a good, uh, a good sampling of that. That's so cool. Well, do you have a most memorable moment with horses that you can share with us? You know, there's so many. I don't know if I could pick out just one. Even now, I can be driving down the city street where I used to patrol for, you know, 20 plus years. And all of a sudden, I have a remember an incident that occurred while I was on patrol with my horse. There's just so many things that will just stick with you. Probably the most favorite part um, would be helping people get through some of the ugly in the world, giving them hope, helping the victims realize that there's a better way or a, a light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, for people that are thinking about or interested in getting into this job, you really need to have that compassion and drive to want to help. Uh, but you also got to remember to not forget to have fun. Uh, you have to find a, a niche in the job that you truly enjoy. And for me, it was the horses. I like being outdoors, working with my hands. And really, that's one of the reasons why I'm, I still haven't retired. Uh, it's because I still enjoy my job, coming to work, seeing my coworkers, seeing, you know, playing with my horses, and still trying to make a difference in somebody's life. I love that. Absolutely. That is, that's perfect. <laughs> that's, that's why you do it. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, the last thing that I have for you is a game. Um, so we can get to know you a little bit better. Um, so it's just going to be a couple of this or that questions. So you'll, I'm just going to give you two choices and you'll pick which one. You don't have to have any reason for why. Um, so we'll go kind of quickly through them. And then I have a few kind of just, what's your favorite questions? Okay. This, this will be interesting. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. You ready? I think. Equitation or obstacle course? Equitation. As an equestrian sport, mounted shooting or a drill team? Shooting. Warm-blooded horses or cold-blooded horses? Warm. Would you rather go to a Cardinals game or a Wildcats game? Neither. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say say Wildcats. (laughs) London, England, or visit Australia? Ooh, I've been to both of those. Uh, gee, Australia. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> the smell of fresh cut grass or the smell of a sweaty horse? Ooh, that's tricky. Uh, I like both. Can I just say I like both? <laughs> oh, I have to pick one. Oh, I don't know. I like them both. It's a toss-up. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm going to say horse because it's the love of horse. There you go. <laughs> and uh, what's your favorite brand of bourbon? I have to ask. You're from Kentucky. Yeah, you know, I I don't drink anymore. But if I if I did, I would say Seagram. Perfect. And uh, your favorite Kentucky Horse Park event? Ah, well, I should say the one we host, which is the Mounted Police Colloquium. <laughs> so actually, that would be my, my most favorite because, I, again, I get to reach out and connect. Perfect. It's a good answer. Yay, you did it. 
<laughs> well, Captain Rakes, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your insight um, into what it means to be a Mount police officer and about the Kentucky Horse Park. We really appreciate you being here. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with? I will say what one of my horses would always say. We have a trading card that we hand out, and he has a quote on his trading card that we give to folks. My horse's name is Oliver, and I would say horses can't talk, but they can speak if you listen. Thanks for riding along. Know someone that would be great to interview? Have questions you'd like answered on the podcast? Send me an email at beyondthesaddlepodcast at gmail.com or join the conversation on social media. You can connect with us and learn more about the Beyond the Saddle podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond the Saddle Podcast. Find more episodes anywhere that you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Beyond the Saddle is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network. 